This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. We've been doing this series uh, called The Voice, and each week we've had a clip. You say, Alan, what does this clip have to do with anything spiritual? Nothing, but um, <laughs> since we called it The Voice, I've, I've just been showing you some clips, and I like these surprise clips. So here's a, another surprise clip. My name is Michael Lee, and I'm from Fort Worth, Texas. All right. I, I saw that guy, and I thought, he looks like a, a, a management trainee for Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I did not expect to hear that. I mean, did not expect to hear that coming out of him. Say, so, Alan, does that have anything to do with your message? Not a thing, but I enjoyed it anyway. We've been doing a, a series called The Voice. Psalms 118 verse 15 says, The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for tonight. We're thankful for your goodness to us. We're thankful for your help. I ask that you would give me words that, that bring clarity, accuracy, and words that help. Father, may our hearts be open. May we be open to hear what you have to say, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And a recap, as we just real, talk real quickly about last week, we're in the process. Last week we talked about Paul was writing to the group of Ephesus, and he was saying that you have to put off the old, be renewed in your mind, and put on the new man. So we talked about some of the, the things that we put off and put on, and that renewing of the mind is a renewal of our beliefs, changing our values, changing our attitudes and perspectives. And so that's the key, putting off the old man, renewing in our mind and putting on the new man. And so that is a process. That is a continual process. When does that process change? It does not change. That's something that's going to be continual. 
And so I, I don't think, and don't ever think in your mind, I, I'm, someone has reached the point in Christianity where they don't have to change. Because we're always learning, always growing. We're just different stages of growth. And so we talked about that process. Again, that Paul was writing to the group at Ephesus, a very, very um, dark place spiritually. So he's writing to people who don't have a, a moral or religious background near like even what we have, I say, growing up today in America. And so as he's writing to them, he talks about some of the, some of the things that they're to put off. Now, our, our theme has been the voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. In other words, if the Lord was coming by our tents, what would be coming out of the tents of the righteous, those who are right with God? And you would hear the voice of rejoicing and salvation as opposed to those who are not or do not have a relationship with the Lord. And we talked about some of those things. But tonight, the difference should, there should be a difference. And so when Paul is writing again to the screw, let me, let me just talk about a difference in our words. And then I, I want to get on to a little bit about uh, rejoicing, the rejoicing voice. But in Ephesians 4, 25, 29 through 31, he said, therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So as we talk about a difference, Paul is saying, again, we're putting off the old man, being renewed, putting on the new man, the new man who's been created after God, righteousness and true holiness. That's that new spiritual man that we've become the moment we made Jesus our Lord. And so there's some things that have to change. And one of the things that begins to change is our words. So Paul writes him, he said, you need to stop lying. And he's writing to the church. He says, let everyone put away lying. Just, just put it away. Don't, don't lie anymore. He said, because he says, we're, we're connected to one another. So we're not to lie. People say, well, we're to speak truth. There's a key here. We, we want to speak truth, but you want to speak truth in love. Ephesians says that. Uh, it's again earlier in, in the chapter of Ephesians 4. So, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. What, what do I mean by that? Have you ever known somebody who, who really believes it was their job to tell you the truth? And, and they didn't care if it hurt you or not. You know, I, I think sometimes there's a way that you can tell someone something and it may be true and it may sting, but if you couch it in love, in other words, my motive behind this is not to hurt you. My motive is to tell you the truth to help you. We've had to do that as parents and with our kids. Our, our, our children laugh because they say our, our home. You can imagine between me and joy. And you say, well, who was the softy in the family? Neither. Which is problematic if you're a child. Because you've got nowhere to go. You go to mom and you're like, I don't think I want to go to mom. You want to go to dad? No, it's bad there too. So, but in our home, we, we, around the, we, we used to have family dinners, not all the time, but we would sit down and have dinners together. We got a lot of stuff done at the dinner table. And I realize that kind of, that culture has changed, but we, we were growing up. I realize it sounds a little leave it to beaverish, but Joy actually would make dinner and we would sit down at di different times during the week and we would have dinner. And we found it was a great time that we had an opportunity to speak truth into our children. But you, with your kids, you're not trying to hurt them. You speak the truth in love. And so Paul said, don't, don't lie. 
speak truth. We're members, we're connected with one another. And so we want to speak the truth, but do it in love. If you're just delighting to tell someone the truth that's just absolutely going to hurt them, you might want to check your heart. Because our, our intention is not to hurt. It's to help. So he says to do that. Then he, so that's the difference in our words. And then he says, no corrupt words. And so you, you could say it this way, no toxic poison words that cause harm and hurt. Instead, words that build up and words that have grace in them. Our objective is not to grieve others and to grieve the Holy Spirit. Our words. We talk a lot. I know in Christianity, depending on the, the branch of Christianity that you came from, a lot of emphasis is placed on our actions, and, and rightfully so. Uh, you know, we need to don't you know, drink and cuss and, and, and things. But if you really start to delve into it, the Bible deals with more than just cussing. You realize that some words can just be so toxic and hurtful, and I, I, we don't have to look far. We won't go into it. But I know many people in here have been hurt by words. Biggest lie someone ever came up with was that ridiculous little children's thing, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's, that's a lie. Because right now there's some of you who had words that were said to you when you were a child and you still remember them and they still hurt. And so our, our words, we just have to make sure our words have grace. And here's the thing, the more authority and the more responsibility you have, the more grace should be in your words. Because you're, you say, well, you know, no one knows me and, and, and no one really cares. Well, just go ahead and practice speaking words that have grace in them. And so words that don't hurt, words that don't tear down. You think about marriage relationships, so much of how much of it is predicated on words that have been spoken. And so maybe you've spoken bad words. I, you know, I, you've heard my story before, a little too mouthy and uh, a little too verbal. There are, there are advantages to being verbal. There are disadvantages to being verbal. And the disadvantage is if you have an uncontrolled tongue, you're going to say a lot of things you regret. The biggest regret I ever have as a, as a, as a husband and a father is, is not that I beat my children because I didn't. It's not that I beat my wife because I didn't. It's because of the words that I had spoken that hurt. And those are the things that if you had to do it all over again, you wouldn't do it. And so you want to practice speaking words that have grace in them. We've been forgiven? Yes. But we can speak words that have forgiveness and grace and words that build up. And words can build up. Words can help. Words can lift. Have you ever had someone come in and, and so look, someone going, what's wrong with you? They look at you and go, you're going to come through this. And words of, of people that you love and words of friends that help and make such a difference. I, I, I tell you one thing about joy. Some of you say, is she really that sweet? Is she really that kind? And the answer is yes. And one of the greatest things she offers me is that her words towards me are good. And I have such an appreciation for that. Because when you, when you stand up and speak a lot in front of people, sometimes, <laughs> i just give you a little secret. Sometimes when I finish messages, and the enemy does this to every preacher, we'll walk out of here and it's like the enemy sits on your shoulder and goes, that was pathetic. I don't know why you even do this. And I, I so much appreciate my wife, who for 37 years, acted like she enjoyed every one of my messages. 
And uh, I appreciate that. I say, Alan, what if she doesn't? I don't want to know about it. <laughs> but words can help. And your, your word, and here, here's the thing. If maybe you, you've been someone who's spoken unkind words, thank God you can change. And if you talk to my all adult children now, they will tell you that over the years, my words changed. So if you don't have hope for yourself, look at me. I'm a great example of someone who is bad and someone who the Lord helped get better at this. Putting off the old man, renewing the mind, putting on the new. That's how, that's how this process works. And so wherever you are in that process, you can get better. I fully expect to be better next year than I am this year. Because thank God with God, we just continue to grow. And it's, it, it's a growing thing. Now, if you're disappointed that your pastor is not perfect, Here's a good reality dose. No one is. Billy Graham, who's in heaven now, wasn't perfect. I didn't blaspheme. Billy Graham wasn't perfect. He was, <laughs> he, he, he was human. The greatest saint you know is not perfect. All of us are having to do this process. Last one. Um, wow. He said no clamor. <laughs> I thought clamor is interesting. Loud quarreling. Um. James, the third chapter. Here's a, here's a good list. This is a, I like this verse here. I've used this verse as a kind of a template. The wisdom from above, talking about godly wisdom, is first pure and peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Ever heard the phrase, the wronger I am, the louder I get? I found that when when I'm operating in, in godly wisdom, it, it, the loud quarreling dies down. Now, I can tell you, listen, guys, work with me here. Maybe some of you are thinking, there's no hope for us. We, we fight all the time. Joy and I fought all the time. And we, we, we clamored. Loud quarreling a lot. And, and, and we argued a lot. Can it get better? Yes. Can you improve in that? Yes. But you can begin to, to walk. As you begin to grow in the Lord, a lot of this stuff just starts to die down. So are you perfect now? No. But the loud arguing, very rarely, do I, do I, very rarely do I even lift my voice anymore. And I used, to be the, I used to be the loud one. Maybe is this making you feel better because I'm just sharing all this stuff. <laughs> but the idea is, again, it's not perfection, it's improvement. And so, that, I love that, James, because that's a great template. And so it says, it gives you that template, and so loud quarreling, and then the last one is evil speaking. <laughs> I like this one. Verbal abuse against someone. Evil speaking was a slander or false witness that wounds someone's reputation. I, I guess the word gossip is not in the Bible, but this would be it. It, it is so easy, guys. And boy, we live, in, we live in a generation where everybody's got to weigh in on everything. What do you think about this? People ask me, what do you think about this? And this preacher did this. And what do you think about this? And they said this. And I'm actually getting to the point where I'm like, I don't have an opinion. I don't have anything to say. Because <coughs> I've found that being a judge is way above my pay grade. So I'm just a whole lot better off going, not my deal. 
well, this preacher does this, this preacher does that. L listen, the Bible says, who are you to judge another one's servant? It's, here, here's a great way to live happy. It's not your problem. It really, you let the Lord ha hash that out with them. If they're his servant, let them hash it. Well, they did this, they did it wrong. Well, don't listen to them. I hear people say, I was watching so-and-so the other day. He made me so mad. You got, you got a remote. Change it. Hallelujah. Okay. Let's, uh, I'm going to introduce this topic and then we'll hit it next week. Rejoicing, a rejoicing voice is a definitive difference. So the voice of rejoicing. Rejoice means to be joyful, to be glad. In other words, it means to gloat. It's the opposite from sad, despairing, and complaining. Rejoicing, which the voice of rejoicing is in our tent, is, an unmistakably, is unmistakably intentional. Psalms 9-2 says this, I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. I will be glad, I will sing praise. I will be glad, I will, I will. So learning to rejoice, and, and, and let me just, let me talk just about this one. This is an area that I have noticed in my own life. Joy and I talk about this. This is an area that I, I wish I'd been a little faster to develop in. It's an area that I still recognize I, I, I want to get better at. So in doing this series, this is helping me like it's helping you, but in this series, I realize that rejoicing, I don't think anyone is, is just a natural rejoicer. Because we, we live in a world that's surrounded by a lot of negativity. And just the, the, there's a there's lot, if you ever notice, it's just like a negative flow in the world. And it's easy to get in it. It's easy to go negative. It's easy to go, to go dark. And so I, I, I realize that even though Joy and I have learned to very, very much watch our words, because we got a hold of that verse that says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. So what we've learned over the years is we don't speak near as much negative as we used to. And that's good. Not speaking death, speaking life is good. But I recognize in, in, in doing this series, and Joy and I have talked about it, we could step it up a little bit in, the, in this area of rejoicing. David talked about he rejoiced. And if you stop and think about it, it is just so easy to not rejoice. When we're singing, that's a good time to rejoice. But if, you, if you'll notice, well, you just kind of get along. You, you ever have one of those days and you're just, you're driving home and, and you're thinking and you, you don't even know how you got home. You just drove. And you, and you pulled in and you realize, I haven't rejoiced. Sometimes you can go for days and not rejoice. And so, not you, maybe me. And I realize this is something that, that will help us. If we make it, a, 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 this, this is correction. And saying, I, I don't want to be a quiet Christian. I want to be a rejoicing Christian. I wonder if the Lord was coming past my tent. If he stopped outside Alan's tent, he'd hear rejoicing. Not complaining. Not, not despair. He'd hear rejoicing. Well, now, maybe you're thinking, Alan, I'm going through some hard times, man. What do I have to rejoice about? Great question. 
So let's, let's talk about some things that we can rejoice in. Rejoicing is an expression of our faith. And we're talking about a guy named David who, if you talk about anybody, and this is why I want to use David, if anyone dealt with stuff, David dealt with stuff. Remember, his family just ignored him. They said, he, they went to anoint the king, and Samuel said, you got any other brothers? Like, oh, yeah, we forgot about David. He's the youngest. He's out there. His family ignored him. After he, after he beat Saul, I mean, beat uh, Goliath, Saul got jealous of him, tried to kill him. He lost his position. They took his wife from him. He married Saul's daughter. They took his wife. Didn't even give him a choice. He was a fugitive. He had his men turn on him. He lost children. Lost, he had a newborn that died. He had another child that was killed. He had his family turn against him. This, this guy had, had trouble. We think of King David as he lived a happy life. Listen, he had a lot of trouble in his life. And yet David was somebody that rejoiced a lot. And so what, what that's telling us is that rejoicing is not something that's just going to jump on us. One day we're going to be walking along and we're just like, all of a sudden, hey, I'm a rejoicer. No, this is something that you have to practice. And, 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 when you, and when you start practicing it, listen, let me tell you, when you start practicing, it's going to sound funny. You're walking around your house going, thank you, Lord. You're good. And I'm rejoicing. <laughs> your head will say, oh, you're such a hypocrite. You, you, you so don't feel like that. Listen, we have to learn to, to rise above feelings. The, we'll, we'll choose to do something because the scriptures tell us rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say rejoice. But what I'm going to talk about next week is that rejoicing really is a great place of strength. There's a, a little a verse I, I saw years ago that said rejoice is like a strong man to run his race. Strong if you think you can win a race, there were times I knew I could win races. And man, you're just, you're, you're glad to run. You step up, you're like, let's, let's do this thing. Let's run. As we get to this place in the Lord where our trust in the Lord, our confidence in the Lord, our trust in him, what this, what this does is begins to put us in a place in life where we look at life and we begin to go, let's do this. We can do this. We can win. And that's a great mentality. So much of the time we're looking at life going, dear God, I just hope something horrible doesn't happen. I just hope that can I make it through a stinking week without having something just go crazy? Can I just get there? That's not a, a good rejoicing place. A better place would be, Lord, thank you. With you on my side, I'm coming through this. Psalmist said, let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let all those who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. I'm convinced that one of the things that David had, which made him even more of a rejoicer, he believed God would help him. He believed God would bless him. He believed that he and God were going to win. 
And that's what I would love to see in this church. That we have this attitude that says, I'm going to tell you something. When the dust settles, I'm still going to be standing. When it all is said and done, the Lord is helping us and we rejoice. So stay with me. We're going to talk next couple of weeks. We're going to talk about this. I really believe this will help us. And this is something the Lord's helping me with and now he'll help you with. Like I said, guys, we grow together in this. Would you, would you bow your head just for a moment? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around. If you came this evening and said, you know what? I don't even know if I have a relationship with the Lord or you know what? I had one and I've gotten so far away from him and I want to come back. I'm going to, we're going to say a very simple prayer. You sitting in your seat, not getting up, not coming forward. This prayer is for you. If you're here and you say, Alan, that's me. I, I, I want to make sure I'm right with the Lord or I want to come back to him. Would you pray for me? We're going to do that. I just need you to do one thing. If you have the courage, just slip your hand up across this auditorium and say, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for that task. Yes, thanks. Appreciate your courage. Yes, all the way on the side. In the back. Great. Appreciate that. Put your hands down. Maybe you didn't lift your hand. You wanted to. Listen, you can, you can join in. This is a, a heart prayer. We're going to pray it with you. I want, I want you to pray it too, out loud, so you can hear yourself. We're all going to do it together. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Heads are still bowed and eyes are closed. Father, thank you. Everyone who prayed that prayer, forgiven, cleansed, made right with you, what a wonderful thing. And Father, for all of us, thank you that we can leave here rejoicing, knowing we have a God, a good God, a God who saves, who heals, who strengthens, who gives answers and wisdom, a God who helps. We so much appreciate that. Give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.